welcome to the Journey Together podcast with Joshua and Anna Gresham. We're so excited that you've tuned in because today is going to be a good day. It's been a special day for us already. We just did a college tour. We feel super old. We actually had friends text us this morning and being like, oh my goodness, you're taking your firstborn to college. And I text back and I go, I know. It's like, I don't even know what else to put. Like, you feel old, but what was really wild was I think you and I were the youngest parents in the group. I I do think we were. (laughs) So then I was like, maybe that's their youngest they're taking or something. I don't know. And I was kicking it in my vans, so I felt super cool. I did. You know what? That was funny you said that because I did look around the group and I started thinking shoes. I don't know. I started qualifying people in their shoes. Like which dads had Brooks on? Wait. Yeah, yeah, not qualifying. (laughs) Sorry. That was the wrong word. But like categorizing there we go cataloging by, yeah by their <laughs> shoes there was like there was a few, few a few females i was like okay i know your age because of your shoes i might have some, i might have seen a pair of sketchers i saw some fancy shoes so i saw that someone was rich because i didn't even they were rich and i didn't even know their shoe brand but i saw everyone and i thought this is interesting it was uh, exciting. It a new was. season. We're excited. We hope that you also enjoy your new seasons that you're in. You know, you have a choice with enjoying each season. Yes. Because you can totally get overwhelmed of all the pieces that the new season brings and even the challenges and the changes that you can have, especially as, you know, we're, we're parents to four kids. They're getting older. Things are changing. And I did realize that it is challenging for me to watch my children uh, get ready to just move on mm-hmm. and move forward. It's been a little more challenging than I anticipated, but I'm determined to enjoy it. Correct. Because it's going to be hard enough as it is at yep. moments. So I am determined to enjoy it. Well, I think we chose to stop and ask questions, which you did today, actually, on the campus, that you have to ask questions. You have to figure it out. So why sit there and get frustrated to where it seizes you up? It's saying, hey, let's ask a question. Even though we may look dumb, but and I even asked you that. <laughs> did, I, did I look dumb asking those questions? No, you didn't look dumb asking the question because it was like legitimate, like you had to ask it. And it was like, all right, what do we do with this? And how do we? I mean, it was tough. It wasn't easy. It's, not, it's not easy. Cademan said, Mom, no, you had to ask because we were confused. And I said, oh, thank you, Cademan, for making me feel better about the question that we're alluding to. Because you're like, well, what was the question? It was just financial aid. Yes. It's those types of questions. Because you're like, the process. what do we do and how do we do it? It's a lot. It is. And it can seem overwhelming. And to the point, this will really go right into what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like we can get so consumed with all of the pieces in life and every step that has to be made uh, that rather than starting with yes... We begin with the how, the why, you know, I, there's no way. I need to fill in the blank. Yeah, you put the heavy weights on you, and you're like, I can't get there. And it's easier just to walk away, forget about it, and say no. Okay, so let's clarify. What are we talking about today? We are talking about starting with yes. What does that mean to you? Okay, so within our own church staff, that is a phrase that I have put into, it's not necessarily one of our staff culture values, but it's definitely something that we're, we are creating a value uh, for our culture in our church. Um, to start with, yes, to say, 
um, you know what, before I just close the door on it, whatever the idea is, whatever the, whatever is going on, Hey, it's like, let me start with yes. Yes, we can try this. Yes, it's possible. Yes, I see. And it might be that not the whole thing, but it's portions of it that we can accomplish. And it's a whole lot easier to say yes. The concept comes from, and this was years and years and years ago. I remember listening to, uh, we've listened to so many podcasts ourselves and read blogs and gone to conferences and all those things. But the concept comes from improv. So with comedians, when you're an improv comedian and you're on stage with a lot of other comedians, um, some of you just, I know where you went mentally. You just went to the office episode where uh, Michael Scott just pulls out a gun and shoots people. That's his, that's his no, actually. So it'd be like, you want to go to the dentist? And he'd be like, and just shoot someone. So the problem with the the process of saying no in improv is you can't go anywhere else. You come to a dead end. You come to a dead end. So when you were to, if you were to say to me, Hey, do you want to go here? I just go, no. So then, <laughs> right. silence, so it's awkward silence is weird. And then you, but it would have been better if I would have said, well, I think that's a great idea. Um, so let's say it's an it's an emotional no, like no, I don't want to go there. I don't want to eat there. I don't want to whatever. I don't want to participate in that. It's it's presenting a solution, right? And saying, okay, I love that idea, um, but now I try to make sure that within our staff culture and what we're doing is it's not it's not like. Guys, I think we should paint the, the the sanctuary blue. And someone goes, I think that's a great idea, but let's paint it red. It's like the complete opposite. It's like, all right, let's go in the same vein of blue to maybe get us to a a part of the conversation where there's multiple colors laid out before us. Right, that you're in unity and yes, one they, accord together with the same vision and goal uh, ahead of you. That's valuable. Yeah. So if you were to say to me, hey, Josh, let's go over here. I'd be like, I do want to go somewhere and let's talk about where we want to go versus just saying, no, I don't want to. Right. And and then it's opening up the the solution. So my, my children or our children, we encounter this with them all the time. Yes. So there's another... Statement that I live by, and that's um, murder excuses and take responsibility. So, with the process of saying yes, starting with yes, it's also murdering all the excuses, and let's let's take responsibility and let's go forth. Um, so, we are advocates of that within our own families because you can hear all the excuses with the child. They have the most. They they have. I mean the. The, the amount of statements that our children can say to us is crazy. Yesterday, I asked Colton to clean out the dishwasher. Uh, I separate the dishwasher into groups for my kids. Mm-hmm. So someone does the top rack, someone does the bottom rack, and someone does the utensils. Colton normally does the utensils. Right. Well, yesterday I said, hey, I need you to empty the dishwasher, the full bottom rack. And he was like, I only do the utensils. Like it, it, there was, he did not start with yes. He had excuses for why he could not right. do the bottom rack. And you know, this might sound silly, but these things can become frustrating over time when you're working with people. And I looked at him and I said, simply say yes. Right. He, you're going to have to do it no matter what. So start with yes. Yep. And a huge part of what we're wanting to do in our marriage, 
of how we communicate with one another, with our children, and as pastors with, uh, with the staff and with people that we're working with, is that we want to stand on the solution and not on the problem. Right. Personally, something that Joshua has talked to me about in my communication with him, I uh, often can find the problem. I mean, I find all of the pieces no. to the problem. I'm a finder. Keep going. Okay. I, mean, <laughs> I can find all the things that's needed. Sure. But you'll say, okay, Anna, rather than telling me everything that's wrong, I need you to give me a solution. You get overwhelmed when I start giving you all of the pieces. So a part of who you are and a part of who I am, we've had to learn to come together on this. So I've had to recognize, okay, I can tell him these things, but I also need to have somewhat of a solution that he can work with when we start to have conversations in our marriage, either involving our kids, our finances, things that we're discussing at the church, right. with our home. I'll be like, well, all of this is broken. All of this is that. All of this is that. And he'll say, okay, uh, like things with our house. I was telling him everything that was wrong. He goes, what I need you to do is in our notes, share a note with me of all that needs to be fixed, and then we'll start uh, knocking it out one by one. I need you to come up with a solution. Essentially start with yes, what can we do first? So that has been, uh, I think, a huge part of growth for, for the both of us and how sure. we're trying to work together. Yeah. Um, and it has been valuable. And you guys, this is, this is an attitude adjustment. Which, let's be real, nobody wants to talk about their attitude, okay? You don't want to talk about your bad attitude. <laughs> nobody does. And Well, nobody wants to own anything. No, they don't. And there is a scripture. I see you trying to find your scripture. I know, scripture. I'm trying right. to find it right now. Okay, while I you're got finding, it in my head. But. Okay, while you're looking, I do have a scripture I wanted to start with because I've got a couple other places I want to go. I absolutely love in Isaiah chapter 1 and verses 19 and 20, it says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword. Uh, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And before that, in verse 18, it says, come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. God is saying, hey, let's come together in this and let me tell you the truth of what's going on. Now, if you're willing and obedient and you listen to my voice, right? If you are a part of this, if you are a part of what I'm doing, you're going to eat the good of the land. Mm -hmm. Well, we often meet people that are obedient but have terrible attitudes. You're not willing. And those people are really hard to work with. They're hard to, we, we like to hike. They're hard to hike with because they, they're just not fun. I don't know what else to say about it. They're hard to enjoy when it comes to working together in teams. Right. And you might be there, but you are constantly standing on the problem, you know, and that's, I, you, that's hard. It's I mean, hard. Yeah. For but sure. then you also have people that say they're willing and then not obedient and they're unreliable. So then you're unsure. You're like, oh, yeah, I'll do it. I'll be there. And then they never show up. I love that he puts that together, that you're willing and obedient. Uh, and I've been in both places, okay? I'm, I mean, I have. I've been willing, and then it's been challenging, and I've thought, oh, my gosh, I've overextended myself, or I didn't communicate properly. I've been obedient but thought, mm, this is 
not what I thought it would be and didn't have a great attitude. And that's a time of self-evaluation that you got to check your attitude to say, Lord, I want to be willing and obedient. I want to reason with you together. Otherwise, if you refuse and rebel, then you're going to be devoured by the sword. And I mean, it's a very plain picture yeah. of what it looks like in that refusal with your spouse, willing and obedience to actually work together and to come to a solution. It's not easy, is it? No. No. But no. it's worth it. It's totally worth it. You, The advantages are out far outweigh the disadvantages, even though it's uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. And I think we talk about uncomfortable quite often in, yeah. in our podcasts, but we have to because it's, it, that's the tension, that's the stress, that's everything. And that's why a lot of people want to quickly go to no. Because even though that doesn't solve the problem, it's just easier. No. And then the feelings are obviously not um, attend attended to. There, there's all sorts of different things. And then that's where resentment and everything else kind of starts building up. Yeah, it up. does. Because you're like, you're no fun. You don't ever want to do anything. And I mean, you know, it's like... Or you're no. not supportive. You're not supportive, all those things. You don't believe in my dreams. You're yeah. not with me. Ooh. You're against me. Yeah. And uh, we had an argument, a little tiff about... Uh, we have our house is like a 1990s house that has that dining room in the front that's unusable, right? <laughs> it's like this, like we never eat in there. Right, it's the dining room we never eat in. Right, right. It's a pointless room. It's we know a it's pointless a, room. The square footage of that room is completely pointless. However, we can't do anything with the room due to that it's in the front of the house. Okay. You have ideas. I have ideas. Are we going to discuss and because, all of this right now? Well, I think we need to. So I, so we, dun, dun, dun. we are in this home. We've refinanced. We've just chosen to stay there. And we've got a lot of kids. And they have a lot of friends over. I want my house to be the house. They bring their friends over. And so I presented to him, hey, let's turn this room into like a hangout room. And your immediate thought was No. There's no way because it's in the front. We'll hear everything. And I got upset because I felt like you were not being reasonable sure, I gave to you, work with me. And right. then we came back together and you even said, hey, I'm sorry that I started with no. Okay. And I said, you are so creative and have all kinds of ideas. Look at what you've done here at Trailhead Church. I, I am too trying to be creative. And anyway, it was a hard conversation. Um, we came to a place and some of your no came from finances. You got a little overwhelmed thinking it's going to be a lot of money. So sometimes our no's can come from, uh, what we feel are lacking in our lives. Well, I think the biggest problem with the room was our children. Um, okay. So this, okay, this happens all the time, even with our own. And if you have a church staff, if you're listening and you're a pastor, or even if you're in the business world and this is, you know, you see this often, there are, there's a reason why I said no, because it requires training, it requires responsibility, and it was easier for me to say no. So one of the bigger no's is I don't want that to be the first room when you walk into my house that you see because my children will spend the majority of the time in there and it won't stay clean because I know their behavior. I know what they're doing. So it was easy for, that was the first 
visual thought I saw of you saying, hey, let's turn this into like a room that our kids can hang out in, have their friends come. It's like a second living room, but it's more for them. But the problem is it's in the very front room. So when you first walk in, it's like, boom, messy, crazy, pop cans all over, chip bags left on the floor. You know, it's all of those things that immediately I was like, gosh, no, this would just be a mess. But that's because I want, I'm not willing to train my children to discipline them to stay on them. It's easier just to be like, no, you can't have that room. Does that make sense? It does make sense. I'm not saying I'm right. No, so, I know. I, that's why I wanted to talk about it so because the there, thing, are, there are different perspectives right. to this. So the same thing happens even in a business, in your business meetings or culture or whatever. If you hear somebody say no, there's probably a reason why they said no because they're thinking of all of the work, all of the work <laughs> that's got to be done with it to go. It's not worth it. But it could be because it, you know, it presents a new solution of something or opportunity. But you just say no. Right. Yeah. So that leads me actually to my biblical example, which is found in uh, Numbers chapter 13. I don't know why I was struggling. I'm just like, I can't remember the spies sent to the promised land. But Numbers 13, you see Joshua and Caleb. You see the rest of these men go in there, right? And they they came back going, no, 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 no. And Caleb and Joshua came back saying, yes. Let's do this. Um, so for your own example, your own, you know, how you want to believe and, and walk and operate, we, we always start with prayer. We want to start with prayer. I say always. I'd love to be like 99.9% .9 of the time we start with prayer. Okay, we start with prayer 95% of the time. There's always that 5% of like, how did we, why are we even prayed? And you're like, we're oh discussing yeah. when we should have just prayed first. Yeah, we should have prayed first. So yeah. that happens, okay? But when you place this before the Lord and you got the confirmation and answer from Him, so the promised land was a confirmation and answer, knowing that Moses was leading them out of slavery into the promised land. This was going to happen. So when they go out to what was taking place, like, you know, to, to scout it all out, only two of the guys came back going, we could do this, which was Joshua and Caleb. And sadly, um, they all could have. They all could have, but they, they couldn't because they couldn't see it. So in Numbers chapter 13, verse 31, it says, But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and, ex and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. We felt like grasshoppers. Yeah. We felt. So the giants, they didn't say the, the giants. Told us. Told us we no. were grasshoppers. Mm -hmm. So they believed something that was not true. And then they, out of that, they didn't do what they were supposed to do. And so... For many times when the when it's presented, whatever it is, you know, you may say, 
know out of a belief system that you've got to change and it's, it's not true. It's an untrue belief system. You have to change it because you have an opportunity to see something really awesome. But you stuck yourself into this rut of believing a lie and not the truth. So going before the Lord with whatever it is and saying, all right, Lord, show, show us this is it. You know, this yeah. is what you want or not what you want. Whatever it is, God, this is what we want. When God gives you that, oh, we need to do this, and it's you better go do it. And it can't be with grumbling and complaining. It can't go in there with lies and, and deception. And you, you really have to just be full force of like, you know what? Yes, this can happen. The power of God is real. I want this. Let's, let's do it. And there are many people in the Bible that did not start with yes. Jonah did not start with yes. I don't know. Right? Yeah. Moses challenged. I mean, he was challenged. He's, he's, he is dealing with how... God, me? How? How are you going to use me? Why you can look at your own insecurities, look at what you're lacking, um, the challenges before you. This often happens even when God's calling you. These are people that God's calling to do something that was far greater than they felt was in their capacity. Now, Jonah, he didn't feel that they deserved what God had for them. And, and, um, uh, I'm, I'm thankful that he came to that place of repentance and and obedience. He went the hard way around. But this is where I look at that often and I'm like, okay, I'm not alone in this, in this moment of wanting to say no or evaluating and realizing I can't do this. And I'm thrilled you brought this up because that takes me to a scripture that the majority of us have um, in our Instagram bio. Okay. And it's Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. When you study out Philippians 4.13, I like it in the Amplified. It actually says a strength infusion. During this chapter right here of Paul talking about generosity, of being content in uh, whatever season he may be in, knowing that God's providing for him, this scripture of I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength is actually a combative scripture. When you study it out in the Greek, it means that you have opposition. You're up against something and you have come to a realization that Christ is empowering you. It's in Christ's strength. Is your no coming because you haven't recognized that it's in his strength and not your own, that he's the one that's giving you the power? that he's the one that's encouraging you. Uh, I like to cross-reference, okay? Big cross-referencer whenever I study the Word of God. So if you cross-reference Philippians 4.13, it takes you to John chapter 15, verse 5. I feel like you need like a DJ, like air horn at that time. Big cross-referencer. Thank you. Thank you. I had it. You did it. I was on it. John 15.5 cross-references with Philippians 4.13, and it says, I am the vine. This is Jesus speaking. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. And this is key. For without me, you can do nothing. Mm -hmm. Without Christ, you can do nothing. You live in the land of the no, okay? Yeah. But if you abide in him and he abides in you, he said you will bear much fruit. So when you say yes to God, I'm willing and obedient, or when God presents something to you in your marriage that you realize this is going to take some work, 
Maybe the Lord's presented to you that you need to be a part of a marriage mentorship program, or you need to go together and get counseling or be discipled with someone. And you just say no, because you don't want to be vulnerable and actually work on some things. It's time to take that to the Lord and let God do a work in and through your marriage. Yeah. Let's say with your children, that the Lord's been telling you to put your phone down or been telling you to sacrifice a personal time that you have to have quality time with your kids and you keep saying no in a roundabout way, it's time to open your eyes and realize that God has something greater and wants to bear good fruit in your family's life. You see, this goes with so many different pieces in our life. Uh, At church, God's calling you to do something and you've been so insecure about your abilities not recognizing that God created in you and has given you everything that you need to accomplish what he's called you to do. He's simply waiting for your yes. It's his strength that you rely on. I like the Amplified for Philippians 4.13, the infusion, because I just think of him just pumping his strength through my veins, Mm. helping me take that next step uh, when it's challenging. And uh, I, I do, I love this process of standing on the solution and not the problem. I believe that if we come to a place of flipping this switch and our attitudes and our thoughts, that we truly, we're going to get along better with our spouse. Mm-hmm. This has helped us to get along better on challenging topics. At least I think so. Yeah. You think so? Yeah. This has helped us with our kids and how we parent and what we do um, and working with them. And I, even today, we looked at a college that is um, like a dream school for our son and Josh gave him that talk of what it looks like to start with yes. And uh, and it was hard work and it was determination and it was grit and it was believing God and not standing on the no of what you can't do, but what God can do through you. Yeah. And, you know, even going back to the story of Caleb and Joshua, you need to know the people that are surrounding you, your influences, because that's huge. And that's why I say with my own staff culture, the group of us, we want to have more of a clarity and alignment with the yes process because um, I do believe that if you just start with no, and it's just no, always no, then you're not going to get anywhere. And what happens is, is you've got these voices that you don't even want to present any ideas where like, let's go do this. And you just, because if you know the majority of it of the time, it's going to be no, it's hard. So even in this one scripture here in verse 30, Caleb's yelling out, he's trying to quiet the people. He's trying to quiet them because it's just, it's all destructive. It's all negative. It's all no. And he's trying to quiet them. And, and his chant was, let's go at once to take the land. He said, we can certainly conquer it. And I love that approach of boldness and strength and to say, no, we can do this. You know, let's not operate out of fear or whatever. But for you personally, there are things, if you have the notion to say no, ask yourself, why? Why am I wanting to say no to this? Why? Why? What's the fear? What's the angst? Whatever it is. Insecurity. Let's let's take a moment. What are those things? What are some things that have even possibly caused you to want to say no? Well, I think it's the work. There's some work in front of it. There's some time you have to spend on it. I mean, there there's some commitment, responsibility. It could fail. All sorts of different things that make you go, I don't know. So so let me let me throw out an example real quickly. Because um, some of you in this room, in this room, in this podcast, watching or listening, you may go, oh, 
this is it. I've been wanting to go on a Caribbean trip forever. I'm going to make my husband or my wife listen to this, and then they can't say no to me. And, and, you know, sure, use us as your scapegoat to go to the Caribbean by all means. But it's if your spouse says no to you, don't be so quick to just be disappointed and then you get disgruntled. Begin to ask the questions. What what makes you want to say no to this? Is there at least if if they're no, don't don't treat them as the the bad guy, just stamping them as they're the bad person. They just say no. And then begin to ask questions to peel back the onion and find out why they're feeling these emotions of the so quickly to say no. So ask those questions, be a part of it, and then hopefully you can get to a moment where they can say yes. Say, I would prefer you to say yes with the notion of how are we going to achieve this? And how is it financial stability? Is it because of timing? Is it because they wanted to go somewhere else? Right. Come to a compromise and say, oh, I'm so glad. Guess what? You know what? I'm glad we're going somewhere else. The, one, the, the frustration that I have with people who say no is you're going to miss out on so much opportunity. And one that you pointed out earlier was the fact of just seeing God's move. God, Jonah said no, and he missed out. And even when he finally did say yes, then he was bitter and awful and cranky. And and he, you know, God still loved him right in the middle of it. <laughs> I know, but, but he's still a bad person. Jonah's the worst. But it's hard. It's the it's, it's the hard. it's just putting everything before him and saying, God, I'm excited about what's going to happen. You're going to have problems. If you're not having problems, we. You know, we were just watching a, a, a whole study by John Bevere that you're probably lukewarm. If you're not experiencing some type of, of not, not um, uh, death and destruction, obviously, but just in general fight back and the... There's you know, opposition, challenges. Yeah, you're, you're probably lukewarm. And if you're doing what God's called you to do and, and you're, man, you're trying to make your marriage better by going to a Caribbean trip and, and things are happening... Who knows? You know, it's that's where you fight it with the power of God and you come forth, you know, you come out of it saying, man, you know, I'm so glad we chose to do this. Even though we fought, we had opposition, man, you know what? It's just tastes that much better. And God was with us and we got to see him move and all these different things. And so that's why. Yeah, we chose to believe God. Yeah. I okay. use the Caribbean as a really lame. I know. I want to use this. I'm glad you. I'll run with that Caribbean for a second, right. but put it into what we've done. We made a decision. Uh, we had children early. We got married four months later. Got pregnant with Cademan. Had four kids in seven years. We started a campus ministry. We're in full time ministry. Our first year of marriage. Church planted four years after that. Constantly pouring into so many others and. As the kids got a little bit older, we made the decision to have a marriage trip once a year together. Uh, now, Joshua loves to hike and camp. I had started, but I had to come to a place where rather than saying, no, that's not what I like to do and it's not my thing, to say, yes, I can enjoy doing this. Now, when we first started, I realized sleeping in a tent that I needed a good pillow still. So rather than Josh telling me, no, Anna, you're going to look like a loser with a giant pillow in our tent, you had to say, when we'd fly in, we would go to Walmart and buy me a nice pillow. Now we've got really nice, like really good camping pillows and they're great. We had to invest in them. But 
we had to say yes to each other along the way in this journey in order for it to be successful. Right. And even if it was things that we weren't used to, you have to be willing to walk through and work together. Yeah, and, and you'll learn. Yeah, and, and make the most out of it. Willing and obedient, eat the good of the land. Mm-hmm. And I love that reasonable aspect. Are you being reasonable? Are you working in this together? Are we constantly standing on the negative? Right. And I, in my, here's the last thing, and let's wrap it up right here, is you may say, well, gosh, aren't you just fearful of regret? Actually, no. Regret has gotten me to the place of where I'm, I understand and I value the, the, the next side of this, which is I learned I learned certain by going on with our trips, there's certain trips I don't want to do anymore. I, I've been there, I've done it, I've seen it, and I go, okay, I don't want this. I don't want to experience cold weather anymore, like snow. I don't like camping in the snow. We know the snow. At first, it seems romantic. You're thinking about it going, oh, this would be so cool. And then you realize, no, it's not. And was it hard? Yeah. Was it miserable? Slightly. Yeah. But then... You just go, hey, I'm going to enjoy this next thing we're going to do even better because I know what we're doing. We're learning to enjoy the big yes. By saying yes to some of the small things and some of those moments, you just get a bigger yes. Like, oh, yeah, I definitely want to do this because I know what I'm doing now. And I want to do this and that and this. And it just opens up the doors for more possibilities and opportunities. So, yeah. Yeah. And even for us in ministry, um, God has used us through our yes. Joshua, when he first started in ministry, you tell everybody, you just simply said yes to whatever was needed. And what they asked you to do, yeah, I'll do it. And I feel like my story is very similar. Even now at Trailhead Church, I've been often the fill-in person. When something's come up, I say yes. This past Wednesday, we needed someone to do youth. I said yes, I will minister for youth. And God just adds the increase and uses it and I'm so thankful that it's not in our ability, Yeah. No. but he is the one who is able to help you through, yeah. and he wants to use you. Uh, when it comes to working with your family, if you have children, this is such a valuable lesson, and it's a continual process. We're continually talking to our kids about this, of standing on the solution, Yeah. but it is a total attitude change. Yeah, it's training. It's training, and I'm thankful that we're, we're going to, and we are reaping the reward of that as they are grabbing a hold of the concept. Um, So we hope that you take this with you and begin to evaluate the areas in your life that you're not saying yes to, that God's really been trying to minister to you about. And, um, And you can even go through the Word of God and do a study on who are the ones that said yes immediately and the ones that didn't. It took them a little longer, you know, Uh, and it's a fun study to do. But to recognize, okay, God, show in me how I can grow in this and how I can work with others Uh, because I know you want to use me and I want to enjoy life. I want to eat the good of the land. I want to bear good fruit for the kingdom of God. Start with yes. It's going to change everything you do and it definitely will bring a, a better attitude to the process. You will be, uh, I'm going to tell you right now, if you are in a position in your workplace right now, that you want to see growth, that you want to see raises and bonuses and all those different things, promotions, then you start with yes. You The power of yes is really strong, especially if, if the Lord is before you 
and you've placed him before you and you're following after him, yes is powerful. Yeah. God wants to use that yes. All right. Well, hey, guys, thanks for tuning in. Subscribe, like, share it with everyone you know. You know, we're just blessed. It's going to be a great day. All right. All right love you guys. Bye, y'all. Bye.